last night I was trying to do some uh, alterations to the message that I prepared. And um, this was late at night. And um, I deleted my message. Exactly. I deleted my message. So now what do I do? And my daughter's she usually helps me with these um, technical things. She's away at the moment. So I was all on my own, and Miles was in bed. So I ran to him in, 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 while he was in bed, all in darkness, and said, Doll, 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 are you awake? Are you awake? He goes, mm, mm, mm. Doll, I've deleted my message. Oh, okay. So, so there's no solution. So I go back again, and I'm looking at the computer, and I'm thinking, now what? I thought, the only thing I can do, fortunately, I had a hard copy. The only thing I can do, this is at half past ten at night, I can copy what I've already typed, and then I can transfer it to my iPad. And so I sat down, and I started, I started to do a couple of paragraphs, and I thought, no, just pray. So I did, I prayed. I asked the Lord, please, I know there's a way we can get these things back. I know it can happen. Please help me. I haven't a clue where to start. So um, after I prayed a little while, I went on to Google and I asked for instructions. And Google gave me instructions how to retrieve my message. <laughs> so I went and I ran back to Miles as fast as he could say, Doll, Doll, I've got my message back. <laughs> so let's hope it's all um, a blessing to us tonight. So as I say, the scriptures are not up there. So our first scripture tonight is Psalm 119, verses 105. And my message is called, Walking in the Light. Psalm 115, verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. As a matter of interest, this is the longest psalm and the longest chapter in the whole Bible. It is one of the seven acrostic writings amongst the Psalms. The purpose of acrostic writing is to produce a word or phrase which has special significance to the text and using a particular set of letters. This Psalm is divided into 22 sections, with each section containing eight verses. In the Hebrew alphabet, there are 22 letters. And each section of this psalm is referenced to a letter in the alphabet and in alphabetical order. So, for example, the first section, verses eight to 1 to 8, begins with the first letter of the alphabet, which is Aleph. I don't know how to pronounce it. And following on, the second section begins with Beth, which is the second letter, and so on. I think that all Bibles head each section of the psalm with the relevant Hebrew alphabet. We do not know for certain who wrote the psalm, but the writer has experienced that the word of God is a lamp unto his feet and a light unto his path. Perhaps one wonders how he could have had access to God's word because he does not have rolls or scrolls or any such thing as printed document, and there was no such thing as internet. In fact, a blessing of internet is that access to the word of God is extensive and can be more easily acquired than a hard copy sometimes. I'm not saying that internet should replace printed Bibles, 
But in some areas where Bibles are not available, it is probable that the Word of God can be accessed by Internet. To communicate, God spoke to men personally, as with Adam and Eve. He also spoke to prophets to foretell and to instruct in his will. He called Moses and he called Abraham, and he gave each of them instructions for the nation of Israel. And these leaders were to pass them on to the people. We read in Deuteronomy where the Ten Commandments were revisited in preparation for Israel to occupy the promised land. In chapter 6 and verse 2 it reads, That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life and that thy days may be prolonged. From the scripture, we read that the teaching and commandments of God were to be taught and passed on from father to son, and so on, down through the generations. They would be taught and remembered, and as the psalmist says, hid in the heart. The Ten Commandments given to Israel after they had been delivered from Egyptian bondage were inscribed on two tablets of stone, and were kept in the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle. In ancient times, a scroll being a long strip of papyrus, parchment, or leather, would be used for writings, but these writings were not common property. We read in Luke, at the time when Jesus came to the temple in Nazareth, he read from the book of Isaiah, and when he had finished reading, he closed the book, and he gave it back to the minister in the temple. Much of Psalm 119 is on God's word, the truth of his word, the importance of it, the benefits of it, and that his word is all sufficient and permanent. In verse 89, we read, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And regardless of all the generations throughout time, with their philosophies, their ambitions, their writings, their ideas, their intelligence, their wisdom, and such, no writings ever risen by man can cancel out, can come near, or even equal God's word. It is the only writing, the only writing that can lead us to heaven, which God created in the beginning anyway. Nothing that happens on earth can ever change the word of God, and it is a great comfort and reassurance to us that we can lay hold on to God's word and uh, unchanging word and we can read it and we can study it and we can meditate upon it and we can take delight in it, we can sing it and we can pray it. For those of us who by the grace of God are exposed to God's word daily at home and weekly in church services and gatherings, we are abundantly blessed and we recognize that and thank God for this. We pray for unbelievers, we pray for those that are skeptics of God's word to hopefully find their way to receiving and hearing God's word because, as stated, forever God's word is settled in heaven. People can endeavor to alter it, rearrange it, rewrite it, and even disregard it, but it is written. As God has given it, it is written right through from now all right through to eternity in heaven. As born-again <coughs> believers, 
being exposed to the Word of God, we experience for ourselves sometime in our life that the entrance of thy Word giveth light and it giveth understanding to the simple. I've quoted that scripture over and over and over again for myself. The entrance of thy word giveth light. That's absolutely beautiful. It opens understanding and gives us light for many, many things. The psalm, this psalm, which also reflects the character and attributes of God, encourages us to be focused on God's word at all times, no matter what is taking place in our lives and in the world around us. In darkness, the darkness can be dangerous and deceptive because the sight sense is limited and restricted. Moving around in the dark requires much more use of our other senses. So we use sound, touch, and smell to guide our footsteps in the darkness. We may feel something but not recognize what it could be. We may step onto or touch an insect or any other creature who feels safe in the freedom of the darkness. We may hear some movement but cannot identify what or where exactly it is taking place. To move about, it is necessary to stretch out our arms and our hands to tap on objects which we can recognize and which will help us to identify our surroundings. It may take many minutes in the dark to reach our destination, but only a few seconds if the light is turned on. Spiritually, it is much more dangerous to be walking in the dark, and our five senses will be of little help. In the spiritual darkness, there is no illumination of God's word, but that does not mean that the light of God's word cannot penetrate the darkness. It can, but by the choice of the one walking in the darkness to turn on the light. The word of God is not restricted to church services, Sunday school, and Bible college and such, but can be opened anywhere at any time and let the light shine through. Jesus said, I am the way. Sorry, he didn't say he did say that, but that's what I've got you. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And how are we going to follow Jesus? He says here, if you follow me, you will have the light of light. We can follow Jesus, and how we can follow him is by going to the word. And the word will show us how we can follow him. We journey through a fallen world with many dangerous snares, pitfalls, slippery places, <coughs> temptations, and deception. And because the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, we have a dark enemy seeking to mislead, deceive, and sidetrack us away from our walk with God to keep us out of eternity in heaven. But God has given us light in this fallen world, and we can be victorious. You don't have to think that God doesn't know what's going on in the world. He knows everything that's going on in the world. He knows the exact time frame where we are according to his plan, and he knows specifically what, if, what is taking place in the world, and it's in his hands, and he's able to deal with all of that. We don't have to worry about that. God knows. What did I say? We, we are about to dark any, but God, but God has given us light in this world. God's word is truth leading us away from lies, dangers, and deceit. 
It is a weapon which any of us can pick up and hold. It is described as the sword of the Spirit. And as it is wielded, it will slash through and dispel darkness in any form. There's great, much power in the Word of God. Not only are there outward difficulties to face, we also have internal weaknesses and failings where we need guidance and help to overcome. The cry of the psalmist in verse 28 says, My soul melted for heaviness. And then he asks for help. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. The scripture is perfectly explicit saying, According to thy word. These internal difficulties can maybe take time to overcome, but God will provide and strengthen as we continue searching his word, searching the scriptures with faith and prayer. The light of God's word never flickers, it never grows dim, it never needs a change of globe, and it will never go out. Day and night, it is a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway, showing the way to take and is always accessible. All of us need direction and guidance for the course of our lives. We do make decisions in life, some big and some small, but mostly these decisions are gauged on what we have been taught, what we have learned, and by the advice we have received. But the Bible gives us infallible guidance. Verses 9 to 16 in the scripture says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. I will meditate in thy precepts, and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. And the New International Version reads, Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commandments commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. By taking heed of God's word, this young man came to realize his need to change and the way to change he found in God's word. God's word was an illumination to his specific need. He then hid God's word in his heart so that he would recognize sin for us. Now, you can't literally pick up the Bible and hide it in your heart. The way we're going to hide it in our heart is by learning it, meditating it, reading it. It will go into our hearts, it will go into our lives, and it will always be there. Um, Step by step, the pathway of salvation is illuminated by God's Word. And then hiding the Word in our hearts will help us to continue in the pathway to salvation, and eventually our destination in heaven with God. Thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. When we learn the word of God by heart and can quote it, it does not mean that we are clever and smart. It means that we have done a good thing and hidden it in our hearts, 
always at the ready, always accessible. At the time Jesus protected himself from the deceiver saying, it is written, it did not, he did not have writings and texts to pull out and refer to. No, the word was already in his heart. He knew it. And he slashed that enemy to defeat by using the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This example may sound a little preposterous because Jesus is God in the flesh, but it still illustrates to us the necessity of the word to fight of the enemy. If Jesus needed the word to fight of the enemy, then we definitely do. The word of God is very powerful. If the Bible is closed and left on a shelf for years and years, the light of it will never be extinguished. The minute it is opened, it will be a lamp and a light. I once read a book, a true story called Thank You, King James, written by Robert Hicks. It was not an easy book to read because of the awful cruelty and abuse that took place in the life of the writer. But it was an amazing account of the power in God's word. I've managed to find some of the history of the author. The purpose of this writing is to express the power and importance of God's word. (coughs) Robert Hicks was born in Birmingham, England, spending much of his early life in different, different overcrowded houses and lengthy stays in care homes. He grew up without memory of his mother ever hugging or kissing him, unless it was to impress visiting social workers. Birthdays and Christmases went unmarked. There was just silence, born out of sheer disinterest. His memories of his father, who returned from military service in the Second World War in 1947, were worse, describing him as violent and pitiless, one who took a perverse pleasure in beating, ridiculing, and ignoring his children. For a boy, tongue-tied, dyslexic, rejected by his parents and poorly educated, the future looked grim until Robert discovered a book unknown to him called the Holy Bible. He received advice from the surgeon who had performed the simple operation to cut the membrane holding Robert's tongue. Was, his advice was, read a book out loud while writing the words. The only book that Robert could find in his house was the Bible, which had been pushed behind the gas meter. Late at night, and every night after his father had finished his abuse and cruelty and settled down, Robert set himself up in a suitable, quiet, and concealed location. With a wooden crate for a desk, a seat of sorts, and candlelight, he began his journey through the Bible, starting at Genesis chapter 1 reading out loud and writing at the same time. This task would transform his life. From such seemingly hopeless conditions, Robert Hicks was saved and became a regular church member. As well as growing physically and spiritually, Robert also developed a talent in retail, rising quickly from grocer boy to retail provisions manager before becoming the manager of his own shop. He became a successful entrepreneur, operating a variety of productive businesses, including a publishing company that has distributed millions of pieces of gospel literature, literature worldwide. 
it is remarkable that out of a home characterized by moral depravity and child abuse, there should grow a man who has contributed so much to the work of the Lord in a variety of ways. It is a testimony to the grace and sustaining power of God that saved and has kept Robert Hicks. This is an honest, if initially harrowing account of how God can and does change lives. And it all started out with the word of God. It all started out with him diligently. He couldn't read. He was dyslexic. But diligently he sat down with candlelight in very awful conditions and he started to uh, read the word and say it. And he was remarkably changed. To end, I'd like to say, if you're looking to read about history, prophecy, creation, direction of where to go, property, I mean poetry, comfort, love, mercy, shipwreck, instruction, salvation, truth, parables, the Holy Spirit, who to worship, how to worship, sacrifice and how that is required, baptism, wisdom, correction, moral guidelines, miracles, healings, people raised from the dead, what pleases God, prayer, fasting, faith, eternity, Jesus coming back, heaven and hell, and much, much more. Go to the Bible and let the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Amen.